0: Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Recover Your Soul. My name is Rachel Harrison. And this is a podcast offering inspiration, strength, and hope through the tools of recovery, spirituality, and positive psychology. I started recoveryoursoul.net after having profound positive changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism and control addiction. I was guided to share these tools with others through this podcast, as well as offering personal coaching and spiritual counseling. Personal recovery does not need an addiction to use the tools and principles to better our lives and transform. Just the desire to make positive changes and grow. I'm an ordained minister and I continue to study and deepen my relationship with the spiritual principles that have brought me a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. I know that together we can do the work to recover our souls. This episode is a conversation with me and my husband, Rich. We just came back from California where we visited our young adult sons in their new home. And it was such a great trip. And I just wanted to talk to him about what had worked for us, what was making it better, how our relationships had been improved with each other and with our kids. And as the conversation went on, it ended up being a very deep conversation that reflected on our own addiction that reflected on our own journeys and the complexities of raising children. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to another episode of Recover Your Soul. My name is Rachel Harrison, and I'm sitting here with my husband, Rich. Hello. And I've gotten great positive feedback about the episodes that we've done together. And I wanted to bring them back because we just got back from a trip to California, visiting our grown young men's sons. And it was a very successful trip. And I wanted to just talk a little bit with Rich about what worked, how we're better than we were before, how our soul recovery has made it so that we're more successful in being with our young adult kids. Yes. Yeah. So the backstory is it wasn't always like that.
1: No. We we were not even close to being... Synchronized parents on the same page with how we approached the challenges that arose when, you know, it was all fun and games until they got to be about 10, 11, yeah. 12.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's, that's the early and, you know, the oldest one started kind of getting into trouble and developing an attitude and, and, uh, and beating up on his little brother. And then, then you enter the classic years of 12, 13, 14 and on, right?
0: I had the exceptional piece of having been an only child of a single Buddhist mother, so I, I really didn't understand how all that chaos worked and structure and.
1: And I was very familiar with it because our oldest is uh, like a reincarnation of my older brother, and our youngest is a chip off of my my block, and I was watching the same unfortunate dynamics occur of the teasing and bullying from the top down and, and the lower self-esteem of the top one and the charisma of the, of the, of, of the younger one and the competitiveness and the, the, the the brutality almost, you know.
0: Do you think there was some aspect of projection that you had in how you related and reacted to them based on how you felt as being the younger
1: absolutely and I think our oldest uh, suffered from from that I, I watched him brutal I'm just going to kind of use the word brutalized because it, it it's an umbrella term with you know teasing beating up uh, being jealous uh, sabotaging you know any of the above I watched it occur from the top down the oldest down to the youngest and I yeah I probably just totally relived it and yeah. And I tried, you know, I tried my best, of course, but um, I suffered and our oldest suffered and we suffered.
0: And we suffered. (laughs) I think when I think about it now, having three and a half years of sobriety together, that the truth is we raised our kids in an alcoholic home and that there was a lot of dysfunction that happened that they are going to have to deal with as their own adults to figure out how to overcome what it means to have been raised in an alcoholic home. And then we're also been working ourselves not only on recovering from alcoholism and the traits that came from that, but also the Al-Anon that we each had the true reason to come into the world, you know, with our own Al-Anon issues before we were even our own alcoholics from our families.
1: We're on the third generation here because you know, my parents to me and now me to my kids, uh, you can see it. I mean, that's part of what we're doing here today on the podcast is sharing not only the successes, but what I'd like to share what I can what I can see is the genetics and the addiction that my kids are still going through. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm jumping up into that topic here, but Where we succeed is to be able to watch it, but not jump in and wrench on it the way we used to, or, or, um, I don't know, you know, constantly try to, I was always telling them, I did this. And yes, I'm a hypocrite. Please don't do it. That's a hard one to sell. But I would tell them I would just try to sell it because I would say if I could do it over again, I wouldn't do it like this or I wouldn't do it as much or whatever I was trying to sell them. But I don't think I was selling them anything this time, you know?
0: Yeah, I think what I've learned for myself is that there was definitely you can't just let your kids have absolute freedom and fall down and pick themselves up there has to be some direction but for me i was over controlling in how i wanted to manipulate those situations and rich had a heavy hand in how he was trying to correct them in their situations and they battled each other the way that we did it
1: well you just opened up a a point of contention what you see as a heavy hand being the only child i i thought i had it was a light hand and and then back then i i saw it in, in in my friends in my older brother in in even in relatives i saw the addiction and i saw the path mm-hmm. and i was trying to block that path for the kids i was trying to put up guardrails right and and nobody wanted it the kids didn't want it and you were, you didn't understand i don't know
0: didn't, i didn't understand didn't it.
1: understand it
0: I wanted it done I wanted it done a different way. Yeah. I wanted you to do it. I just wanted you to do it my way.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I I I guess I just only knew the one way I was trying to do it.
0: <laughs> so one of the things that made it complex in our life was that our older son worked for you on and off over the years. And that was so complicated, you know, because you're trying to you're trying to give him a skill set. It's your son. You have expectations of what you want. It was always complicated. Sometimes it went well. Sometimes it didn't. And it took the relationship that you had that it was already complicated and just continued the complexity.
1: Well, but you've jumped forward uh, for me. That was a leap because the, the really hard years were early in middle school and into high school. When there was no work even happening, that's when I saw him going off the rails, mm-hmm. and um, and he just developed this incredible defiance. That happened early, so by the time he was working for me, I it wasn't ideal, but I I was stepping in. Try, that was that was the only guardrails guard I had left. Right was to give him something to do, and of course, yeah, I mean, it, I. I problem is i had to have control of the situation i was his boss and Mm -hmm. his father and within that that's where i was being given therapy and coaching that ooh, dude (laughs) you know just one of those is enough but to do to be the father and the boss but i was forcing him to get up in the morning which was a big issue and um and and i thought I was just keeping him out of trouble and giving him something worthy to do
0: when I, when I look at it, I can see both sides of each of our ways before we found sobriety and started doing recovery work and started doing spiritual guidance work and healing work, which was our intentions. And I think most people can relate to this. Our intentions are, are good. It's not that you're saying that you can't have these intentions, but on the other swing side is what the other person feels is unseen, unappreciated, unloved and and not like they're worthy because there's here we are constantly trying to change them to fix them to to fix the situation to make it different for them.
1: And I have a point in there that unfortunately I was always making him show up to my game or my event or my situation. And I think that was the a big error top top three for me as a father uh because even with the work to me it was kind of it's it's everything it's you know it's what I do it's it's is there some identity there it's how I make a living it's how I feed the family and it's like come on come on we're gonna do this like it's great I mean isn't this cool but he's but I'm not meeting him where he was at right And he was just constantly in resistance and being forced to show up to school or show up to work with dad or it's like making your kid go to cotillion or church or something, right? Right. So um, there was that aspect I just wanted to point in. Instead of point out, I'm pointing it in. You're pointing (laughs) it (laughs) in.
0: So in last March, uh, just when the pandemic started, our youngest son and his best friend moved to California for a new job opportunity, and then soon after, the oldest, after a life crisis, left and also went to California. And I think that for me, I didn't even realize how enmeshed I was, even in my my newfound healthiness. It wasn't until they were gone that I realized how absolutely my mind and I've said it in the podcast before that, you know, you're not you're only as happy as your least happy child. And even though I was really working on that, I couldn't, I couldn't do it until they were away. And that I could really spend some time working on me. And then you and I have been working on not trying to fix and change each other but to really work on ourselves
1: well i got to be honest that's when it really improved for me like like glorious because because we weren't on the same page because we constantly fought around especially the older one and the younger one though i never i was always frustrated and sort of in resistance and argumentative i would react and argue back at you because there wasn't the boys and then, and then, and then us, it was tangled. Yeah. It was just an absolute disastrous mess. I mean, nothing could even be said without it having ropes attached, chains attached to, yeah, to was, the issues, always around the kids.
0: I definitely can tell the difference now in my ability to hear you as if you're just talking instead of me have it laying on top of all this baggage right.
1: that comes with it. And what, what would happen is I, anything I would say, you would go into a defense and it would be a, be a defense of the children or, right. or, of, or of anybody. Or basically. of anybody. And I felt like this is my wife. She's supposed to like me. She's supposed to love me. And I'm never the one. This is how it felt in mm-hmm. the past that she's going to back up or be loyal to or or even agree with it. It was, it was pretty intense for a long time.
0: I feel like I can see now that we're on this other side. I can recognize in other people and how they talk about or to their spouses, that separation Mm. and the, the really being on, on different sides And you used to say, we're on the same team, you know, we're Team Harrison. That was, that's our motto is Team Harrison. And, and I can see now that I was definitely opposing you.
1: Well, and, and, and then let me point out my side, which is I would get really, I would, I have a hard time describing my own emotions, but you guys would say you're just angry and intense. You know, I was the angry and intense one. But in all fairness, that would, that that was just scratching the surface of what was going on in my heart.
0: Mm-hmm. Gets cool. you all choked up, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> get emotional, I emotional every, every
0: time. podcast.
1: <laughs> because I was just deeply trying to lift my family,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you talked about it a few minutes ago. The intentions there, my intentions couldn't could not have been Good. more. I don't know. I. Got, I want to say pure, good, <laughs> strong, right. whatever, but I was just trying to lift everything, and, and it was heavy. We had it heavy.
0: Well, we had a life that was heavy. I mean, we were alcoholics yeah. at well, the same I, time, so it's you know you take you take a complex situation, and I have no idea what it would have been like if we had had the minds and the the heads that we have right now. Yeah, but that's not how I'd love did to it. know that too. Yeah,
1: and you know I'm sitting here. Like reliving the experience just to share it mm-hmm. on your on your wonderful podcast. So I'm kind of like in my my own, you know I'm describing a story that that I that I lived, and what I'm not saying much of is what an alcoholic I was because you don't really know it. You know right. when you're that alcoholic and you're you're there you're still doing your best but it's effed up. Right. That's what I've learned, and I think we've learned together how if I'm going to describe quote unquote effed up is thinking I've heard some, I've, I've had some books and podcasts and stuff that are telling me, yes, we're parents and we're way older than that kid, but, but we're not better than that kid. Right. And in some cases we're not even more intelligent than that kid, but because we're s- sitting in that role, we do that. We're like, I'm going to teach you everything. And I'm going to show you the way. And then you add in the alcoholism and it's, I understand why I was labeled the intense, angry one. Yeah. And I could have done way better.
0: Well, and and I think what I am grateful for is that it's not too late, you know, three and a half years in, and and this is the story of going to visit our adult children and, and have this experience where we're able to not go with that old selves that we had where we're like coming in like like lions to to come and see how they're doing we we just came and witnessed their lives and and their lives are real
1: and not only being sober but you got to do the work so that you're present right so you're you're in your consciousness you're not in your you know your subconscious alcoholic or whatever but um Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting to this trip where first trip where we go to visit our adult kids that have gotten out of our space and our juju and they've got a new home, which is really great. They were a little frustrated in their first apartment, but we show up after they've moved into their new place, which is perfect for them and they're all excited. And then we show up and they get to show us this, this, this whole life Mm -hmm. and, and um, what a blessing to not go in like a couple of lines, like you just said. And I think we just held space so much better.
0: We held space better.
1: Oh, I, 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 uh, almost, uh, flew the coop early in the podcast by going to the trip already and saying that I got into the car with, with our youngest at the airport. And what he said was meet my oldest son where he's at he coached me, he said, You just gotta meet him where he's at and the youngest one and I have the the, the relationship. We really understand each other. We we, we call our, we call each other best friends
0: and as you, much as
1: you can be as a You parent.
0: connected at the sports and the yeah, the that. abilities and the sort of passion that came around
1: So of course I'm asking him about the oldest one and how he's doing and that's what he said. He said just meet him where he's at he couldn't he could not have given me a better tool Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and so personally that's in the in the couple days i was there before you i i i just i kind of shut up and i held space and i and i met him where he was at and i tried to go into his life and his world even though i was directing a little project between us just like old times Mm -hmm. you know Um, but you
0: were directing the project in his world yeah so
1: and I think that was the difference the whole, the whole way through. You know, I, I, I talked about it, that our oldest never knew his place. And everybody was just trying to drag him and make him do things.
0: I think that's the piece of meeting where people where they're at is one of the greatest tools that we can get with anybody. Yeah. That we, we tend to want to drag them to what is working for us. And we think this is even even sobriety. You well, know, you're it, like sobriety is great. You should come over on this side. You should you should do spiritual work. And people look at you and they go, "I'm not there yet."
1: It reminds me of the rooms. I mean, it's exactly the way we need mm-hmm. to treat people in the rooms. You got to meet them where they're at, listen to their story, and not immediately be thinking while they're talking out their story of, "Oh, how I'm I'm going to tell this person what they I'm to fix? Good it. for them, right? i am share my stuff, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: And then we so we go. You were there for a couple days working on the project, and I have to totally call myself out that I went into old patterns here at home worrying that the two of you might be fighting. (laughs) And it was so fascinating to catch myself going into that old behavior that is a really unhealthy behavior for me. And then as soon as I got one text or picture that said, you know, everything's going great, I recognized in myself that I was doing that old thing, which was wanting to manipulate and control that situation from Colorado to California. And the truth is, it's none of my business how that relationship is or whether you guys, you know, whatever's happening with the two of you is your work to do. And that I have to stand on my side and just allow that to happen. And I can see it now. And I'm grateful that I can see it now. But I have to catch myself so that I can reel myself back.
1: Well, and that was the transition from the dark days to the, the brighter days. There was a the transition period in there when, when that, that was being said by me. I'm like, let he and I work this out. Mm-hmm. And the oldest was also telling you, let us work it out. Mm-hmm. We were all realizing that you just had this burning mother mother bear, desire to get in there
0: totally and, untreated Al-Anon and it wasn't
1: it, <laughs> it wasn't helping it was not helping as a matter of fact it was the opposite yeah, yeah.
0: I would yeah. I would stir the pot when it was unnecessary and then I show up and I also totally will call myself out and I caught myself being my mother-in-law who is who we love so much who has passed but there was this aspect of when she would come to visit, how she would come and want to like organize and fix us that we and, found frustrating as, as adults, as young adults.
1: Beautiful intentions. I mean, I wish I could have her come and do that now. You know, right. now that she's gone, it's like, oh, but it, it, it just kind of very subtly drove us crazy.
0: And it made us feel like, well, this is our life. So are you saying that our life isn't enough? Are you saying that we're not we don't know what we're doing?
1: And you weren't really in your own now or or, or the now moment of the family where it's really real. There was right. always something to be done and something to be tweaked and fixed. Right. And I believe that and yes, you did go into that and it was funny and we were laughing about <laughs> it. The good news is Rachel's going, Oh,
0: Oh, I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. I want to. We bought groceries and sort of did that sort of thing. But I also minded myself in that, Richie said earlier, like just keep your mouth shut. I cannot say what a valuable tool that has been for me. You do not have to comment on every single thing. You don't have to have an opinion. You don't have to put in your two cents. You just.
1: And, hold and you space. can just be there, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Just be being there is enough Candy.
0: and then we got to watch them be themselves yeah. and some of that was stuff that you think really uh, yeah <laughs> this is your choice right now
1: we got to witness i think it needs to be said we got to witness the genetic
0: young addiction partying huh
1: and and their own variety of over what's well, you know
0: just young just young life and which i yeah. can't I overdoing can- it I have a hard time because I can never say, like, don't do that. Because I was all there at those ages. You know, they, they are the ages that you and I were when yeah, we met. when we
1: met. it's incredible.
0: And we liked each other because we partied together. I
1: was the oldest age and you were the younger age. It's mm-hmm. wild.
0: It's crazy. But what I, what I loved about being in that setting and just hanging out with them and showing up where they're both at is that because we were able to be present with them, they both opened up to us about their hearts and what was going on in a way that was not a, tell me what to do, fix it, but just to hear me and be present with me and where I'm at.
1: And really that's all I want as a parent, it, you know, our kids spend a lot of time holding it back, lying about it, not sharing and suffering by themselves,
0: and trying and to you, trying to be what we what yeah. they thought we wanted them to be. And as a
1: parent, I just I just always just wanted them to share. Just tell me what's really going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's classic. You know, that's what a parent wants. And when we shut our mouths down and quieted down and got present, mm-hmm. they were they stepped right up.
0: Mm-hmm. And they're both in very real places of great success and doing well for themselves and moving forward and even our oldest i can't say that i've ever seen him in a better spot of beginning to figure out who he is because he's free for a minute to figure out what that is without all of us trying to drag him along to do what we think is the right thing for him Um, and yet they both have the struggles which is life that's real, and they're dealing with it on their own, and they're which they're is the only way up. you
1: truly learn, right? It's the only way you truly evolve. Is you have to be in the struggle, be in your own forest, you know, mm-hmm. the wilderness,
0: the wilderness,
1: and find your way through it.
0: Yeah, and yet it was this amazing couple days, and so right at the end of the trip, we'd have this great trip and we felt super successful and the other thing oh that i don't want to dismiss is this work that you and i have done together this connecting that you and i have done together i felt that bond between us that is i think what we've always wanted you know that didn't exist that when we're when we were with the kids there was always this level of triangulation and fear of the triangulation and i think this was the first time that we've all been together in all these years that that didn't feel like that was existed even
1: and and if and if any little thing came up or there was something that you know wanted to be said or i noticed this we were finally each other's refuge yes i've always just wanted to be your refuge
0: now we're both crying i got it <laughs> Got you. <laughs> and so, like, right at the end of the trip, I am in my 51 years of age. My eyes are not all that great. I looked at the itinerary. I swear that I said at 830, but our plane left at 630. And Bottom line, she made us miss missed her fight. flight. <laughs> we missed the flight. And what I loved was that, again, that whole, like, Team Harrison, you know, that there was no blame or, or being pissed off or... You know, any of the... Not that there would have been like that, but there would have been like... It would have felt, ah, oh, you know, kind of disappointment.
1: Well, and back in the day, nothing was funny. I want to point out that... Oh, that's true. I want to point out that now I can just joke about it, tease about it a little bit. It used to just, just make you go dark.
0: <laughs> now, now we now laugh you, all now the she,
1: time. Now you laugh, you know? It's like... I don't know if it's... Uh, the luck—it's it, one of the golden linings of, of aging. But um, I've said it in the other podcasts. And one of my favorite things is your, your sense of humor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely more lighthearted. That is for sure. I don't take everything so seriously. So we missed the flight, and then, but it was great because we got to spend sort of another evening with them that was a little more relaxed. And and then the next morning there was a episode of not turning in a key and I love how you said everything went so great with the kids and we had such an amazing time the universe didn't even know what to do so it had this it threw
1: us a curveball, threw us a yeah.
0: curveball in yeah. the end but I was in the airport and I just was filled with emotion and I think it's just because there's so much
1: careful hanging
0: Hang so in. much in so many years of so much that to be able to just go and start to do the detachment separation and provide for them what I feel like my parents gave to me, which was to let me be an adult and to really, I'm still crying, <laughs> 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 to to let me and respected me. They respected me as an adult from an early age. I feel like we're doing that for them, which is really, really wonderful for me. And the, um, again, that just connecting piece that I felt like we were a refuge for each other. And that we were excited and ready to come home to our our life that we've created that's doesn't constantly surrounded by how the kids are doing. The truth is, we don't know how they're doing, you know, so unless we talk to them or...
1: Or sure we do, really we have social media. <laughs>
0: or, I was going to say, or watch their social media <laughs> stuff, which is which is tempered, right? So you're not seeing their real life yeah. because what you're seeing on social media is the persona that's being yeah. put out there. But I don't worry. I don't spend my days stressed out worrying about how they are. I, I really have gotten to a healthier place through all this work to be able to just know and trust that they are their own adult people and they're handling it and if it's hard for them it's part of their journey it's part of their spiritual growth
1: that's the thing to trust that's what's hard for all parents with younger kids too you think you want to save them from all the stuff and you're you're you are um man i wish i had the words taking away the opportunity for their growth
0: if i could go back and speak to my other self ten years ago, I would tell my my younger self to not take it all so seriously. <laughs> that that the panic that I had, that I thought that it had to be done a very specific way so that they would turn out quote unquote right, you know. I don't know what their journey is. I don't know what their their souls learning is this time. And I I think that I thought there was like a formula that you worked this particular formula and everybody came out healthy and whole and there weren't any problems well, while I lived a life that had a lot of problems.
1: Well, you might be forgetting. I'm, I'm not sure I agree with that uh, recall of the past. I think that you had a... I don't know what the soul's journey is, so I'm going to... I think you were... Really, kind of freeform, and I was the one that was trying to set up. I was the one trying to follow the playbook, and that's just the way I see where we were um, not aligned. Yeah, I think you were very. You kind of had the hippie, all love as long as they know their love loved approach, but and that was it. And you fed them and you loved them, and I was going, yeah, but we got to do this. We got to do that. Kind of, kind of, kind of have to make them do their homework and you know and yet i've learned i'm just pointing out that mm-hmm. that's the way i rec- recall it i've learned i can't make them do nothing you know you, right. you have to inspire them to do something right. and i got to be honest we we've got this little town but i think it was a bubble filled with mostly affluent kids with a lot of money and nothing to do but buy drugs you know which reminds me of my upbringing in la and it was just a weird carbon copy of what I went through and a lot of really good kids in our town in that group in that generation took a wacky path. Mm -hmm. A lot of them, a lot of them did. And I,
0: and I think that's the piece that just gives me such, my heart just wells with pride to see these young men who are figuring themselves out, who took all of this stuff you know, the dysfunction of our alcoholic family that took the the constant love that was still underneath and the communication that we always tried to have and have moved into their own people to take that to wherever they're gonna wherever they're gonna take it. But I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid that that there's going to be some huge failure. What I see is I see men, two men that are going to go out and they're doing the world and the world is not always easy. The world is not always easy.
1: Well, in what I just got out of what you said is that we went through all that almost didn't make it together. And we're, and, and we are have a deeper understanding, a deeper love and better for it. It's the cliche. Mm-hmm. And so are they. That's yep. what you just said. You just, you know, all this stuff we're sharing, and, and I think I think that our talks kind of go all over the place. I sit here and worry <laughs> if it's going to all uh, be understandable, you know, in the end. And and that reminds me of, you know, all the stuff, and you know, the the lows and highs and the spikes, like a like a graph on the open market of of what they went through is what is turning them into the into the men they are today
0: yeah and there is there is no easy road and i think i was saying earlier to a friend that somewhere and i keep thinking or i kept thinking that there was some finish line that as soon as you got to that finish line that everything would be uh, you know right like ponies and and uh, unicorns you, you got know? a new but,
1: starting line right just 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 right
0: there. Right there. (laughs) Just like that game where where you do the driving game and then you go through the finish line, but you're still driving. It's like that. And you start again. And you start again. Power of now. Power of now. I just, I thank you for being my sweet partner in my life now. And I'm so grateful for this work that we've done together, that we've all come out the other side. And my hope is that in all of these stories that that I tell or the stories that Rich and I tell that there's a reminder that there's always potential for something better when you do the work for yourself. And I I think what I see in our family is that we all took the pressure off of pointing the finger at each other saying you're why I'm unhappy and every single one of us, all four of us have taken the time to internally look at ourselves and what we need to do for ourselves and amazing beautiful things are happening
1: and what's really neat about that is that you and i did a formal 12-step program but the kids got it by osmosis they saw what we were doing Mm -hmm. and that's the proof that's that's the law is that is that if you if you turn and what what can i do what what am i doing if if I'm not the problem, there is no solution. That whole thing we said that right. for a while, and those kids those kids took that and did it in their own ways. And just like you said, we all four um,
0: benefited. And because you can't make anybody else do recovery until they're ready, my hope and prayer is that the kids at some point decide that that that's not working for them but the truth is right now their lives aren't unmanageable it's not stymieing who they are to a level like it did for us and so again you know the whole piece that you can't make anybody do or control anything even somebody else's recovery i couldn't control your recovery you haven't controlled my recovery
1: and that person has to want it
0: and they have to want it yeah i wanted it and i'm glad i still want it. it for you
1: for me personally and for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad we keep doing the work. Well, thanks for joining us for another husband wife chat and <laughs> there'll be more and if you ever if you ever want to ask us any questions or you have any responses or feedback that you want we're we're here to listen and again i'm here to help you with any coaching or counseling that you may want to help work on these issues uh with kids or with your spouse or your own soul journey that's what we're doing this for if, if there was ever a story of a relationship that was one way and is now another way ours is that story It's us us. Until next time. Thank you, wife. You're welcome, husband. Namaste. Thank you for listening to this episode of Recover Your Soul. I hope that somewhere in our conversation you were able to get some tools or guidance or inspiration on your journey to recover your soul. For more information, you can go to recoveryoursoul.net to learn more about Rachel Harrison book coaching sessions or even listen to music and blogs. Hey, speaking of music, I've been in the studio working on some of my original music, and there's a song that I wrote for Rich in COVID that I really thought that this is the perfect time to share. The truth is it's not totally finished in production yet, but I'm going to go ahead and play our latest version. Check the website later to find the final piece along with my other music. Thank you for being part of this Recover Your Soul community. I'm so glad you're here. One,
1: two, three.
2: Just a child Thought I was so grown up Had some time being wild I was looking